Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are V, Vim, or it, it's, and you can follow me on Tumblr at The Voice of Night Vale with dashes. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use any pronouns, and you can follow me on Tumblr at Lazarus Emma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns, and you can find me morning Waypoint Radio. Rest in peace to an era of excellent internet games criticism it's truly a tragedy of our time oh morning with a u in it <laughs> yes did not process because, that because correctly. vice has gone bankrupt oh doesn't really surprise me uh you can also find ash sitting up to talk into its new microphone that it got Woo! was that passive aggressive at me yes okay give me a second i'm gonna adjust it so it's actually closer to my face hole <laughs> That is that is the purpose of a mic arm. If you want to lean back, you can lean back. I lean back all the time, but got to make sure it's close to your mouth. I How's this? Like, Whoa! Thanks, <laughs> really sultry. Sitting <laughs> under the desk. Well, it's okay because I won't be talking. Ah. All so right, the noise gate will, will kill it. I guess let's do this podcast just you and I. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. It'll be it'll be beeping in a couple minutes, but by then we should still be in synopsis land. Uh huh. I. Uh, there's a, there's an air fryer on in the background. It's very exciting. Yeah, can you hear it, listeners? I can't. They, so I, I will probably have edited it out, but I guess it would be underneath here. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> I, I guess if you can hear it, then uh, Ash spent like $80 on a new microphone for nothing. <laughs> well, this is this should be a one-time thing. What, what, what The real test is what it does with your boiler. Yeah. Alex, go take a hot shower. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Um, and you can follow so. the show on Twitter, Tumblr, and on TikTok yes. at Word of Godcast. We don't have any asks this episode, but guys, it's episode 75. We're 75% of the way to 100. So, yeah. <laughs> that we'll is how soon. those numbers work. <laughs> yeah. We'll be there longer because this is basically a bi weekly podcast at this point. <laughs> we can say right now that uh, the next time we record is Mother's Day, so it's definitely going to continue to be bi weekly for a bit since two of us aren't available. Um,. Yeah, and then the week I'm after that we'll record, and then the week after I'm just that. Going rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm doing on Mother's Happy Day. Happy Mother's Day, rock climbing. Yeah, are you going rock climbing um, with is, your mom? Is the rock not no. the greatest mother of them all, Mother Earth? It's true. So it's true. true. You're so true. It's yeah, correct. And then on kidding, the last Sunday in May, I am going to be um, engaging in gayness, so I will not be available. Congratulations on the gay. Thank you. It cost me like $3,000. Oh my god. <laughs> but we get a whole Airbnb to ourselves. But my, oh, I don't yeah. think my laptop is still working, so it's fine. That's fine. But after that, you know. Yeah. I don't know what, what Wyatt and Emma's uh, schedule looks like, but I don't fucking that, know, man. I'm looking for a job right now. It's rough out here. I don't know so what am I, looks bro. like, so I'm scared. Today we are talking about Supernatural <laughs> Season 8, Episode 3, Heartache, yeah, the thing that I many of us are feeling school, right like, now, you don't know and me. Episode 4, uh, Bitten. Uh, content warnings for these episodes will include... Content warnings for this episode include gore, violent murder, cannibalism, suicide, human sacrifice, racism towards the Maya people, self-mutilation, animal attacks, misogyny, and non-consensual biting and also non-consensual flirting. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, you can also send your various uh, questions and comments to those places. Uh, and if you send and, us an email, uh, right. put Castiel in the subject right, line. Right, put Castiel in the subject Yes. Um, okay, without further ado, let's talk about Heartache, a weird fucking episode. A bad fucking episode, I would <sighs> say. It wasn't very good. Um, no. uh, and also, its synopsis is very long because it's mostly just plot and things happening because it's like a mystery. Which, as a mystery, it was... Okay, but then it wasn't that interesting once the mystery was revealed. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, we open on a guy in Minneapolis, Mi Mi Minneapolis, doing a night run on a trail, which is never a good idea when you're in a horror adjacent show. Uh -huh. uh, another guy in like a bright red shirt overtakes him and then meets him when he stops. I would have turned around personally uh, if that happened because the vibes were terrible uh, and they were indeed terrible because this dude rips out his heart. Uh, the red shirt guy. Uh, the boys catch this news at a farmer's market, and here this has happened uh, twice, uh, six months apart. So, ritual? Uh, they go to the cops, and uh, the cop there says that this the dude who died didn't have any enemies and was from out of town. Um, they caught red shirt guy who did it. Uh, on camera, but he doesn't have any sort of probable cause, so the cops don't have him as a suspect. Um, Sam goes to talk to Mr. Redshirt, whose name is Paul, uh, while he's making a smoothie in his, like, very uh, uh, health fitness stuff house. Uh, he had a bit of a health scare a year back, and now he's a fitness freak. Uh, Dean, meanwhile, poked around uh, at in the house and didn't find anything spooky, like hex bags or anything. Uh, but then they get another piece of news. It happened to a cop in Iowa two days ago, the heart-ripping out thing, uh, and that definitely could have been, couldn't have been Paul, so we got multiple killers on our hands. Uh, they go to Iowa and talk to the cops. They have a suspect, this guy named Arthur Swenson, who was found crying near the body. Uh, Sam tried to talk to him in jail but he just repeats the same words in an unknown language over and over um it's like kujaka kaji um the boys give up uh he doesn't seem to be possessed or magic uh but later we see him in the jail uh tear a piece of metal off of his bed frame and stab his eye out uh Dean bought a fancy translation app, and they play it into his phone, uh, but it says, language unknown. Uh, Sam then gets a phone call notifying them of Arthur stabbing his eye out. Uh, so, basically, Arthur has two different colored eyes, uh, or had. He lost an eye in an accident and got an eye transplant, and that's the one he cut out. So, there's a lead, and the boys go to Arthur's doctor to trace the donor. Uh, Sam connects Arthur's story with Paul's, because Paul also got a transplant, um and emailed the voice sample to Dr. Morrison, the Amazon doctor guy, who was the only good part of that episode. Uh, the heart theft seemed to be following a repeat pattern, so the boys go to Colorado to stop the person there who did it last time from killing again, but they are too late, as we see a sex worker being propositioned by a guy and then rip his heart out. In the car, Sam and Dean talk about how maybe Dean doesn't need Sam anymore, that Sam might be holding him back, kind of. We'll talk about this. Um... Sam is the one that, that floats this idea. Dean then gets a call from the doctor looking after Arthur, and she tells him about the donor. Both donations came from this guy named Brick Holmes, uh, who was a quarterback who Sam idealized, uh, who died in a car crash last year. He donated eight organs, but none of the organ organs were donated to someone in Colorado, apparently. Even though later we find out that, I don't know, it's weird. She moved. Quite... She moved. Oh, she moved, right. Okay. Uh, right, to be closer to, to yeah, okay. Um, the aforementioned sex worker, meanwhile, is having a tasty ritualistic heart dinner, uh, and a mist goes into her, and her eyes get all red, so that's fun. 
Uh, the boys talk to Brick Holmes' mom, uh, Mrs. Holmes slash Eleanor, and uh, Dean's suspicious about Brick's death. There was no traffic or reasons for the accident, and Brick also didn't have much of a life outside of the game, apparently. Um, Mrs. Holmes is eager for them to go, and once they're gone, we linger on her, and that sex worker, whose name is Rhonda, shows up to talk to her, and they're very suspicious. Uh, Brick is sort of alive? His heart is in her. She says she can feel him. Uh, Sam talks to Dr. Morrison, uh, who's still hustling and finds the language. It's ancient Mayan. Uh, so we'll talk about this. The, the Mayan, the Maya stuff in this is not good. Uh, the divine God, uh, cacao is involved with this. Uh, the Mayan God of maize to quote the show, everything about the sentence is wrong. <laughs> anyway, uh, they find out about the other heart ripper, and also it looks like Sam is looking into going back to university, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Dean's suspicious about Mrs. Holmes, so they're going to break into her house while she's out. They dig into Brix's room, and her clothes are in his closet, which is weird. Uh, Dean then also finds a secret door to, like, a memorabilia shrine. There's loads of sports stuff. He was a fan of every kind of sport, it seems like. Uh, Dean then also finds a box about some with some mysterious letters writing to Dearest Betsy. And one of the letters is about Sugar Ray Robinson, who was a boxer in the 40s. They go through more and more letters. They're about all sorts of sports. And the most recent one implies that Brick Holmes uh, deliberately commits suicide. Sam looks into the trophies and all the various athletes and their names. And it seems like Brick was all these guys. So we're dealing with an immortal athlete here who appears to have made a deal with the Mayan god of corn. Also, Mrs. Holmes is Betsy. She's not his mom. She's his wife. Uh, they confront her about the heart eating. She confirms this for him, uh, for them. Uh, Brick, or uh, Inyo, as he was originally named, had to do two sacrifices a year to stay alive, uh, which means he's killed like 2,000 people because he's like 1,000 years old. Uh, he killed himself because he was tired and uh, his wife was getting old and he didn't want to see her die, I guess. Uh, Dean's worried that they have to go deal with eight killers, but Betsy says that only the heart matters, so they go after Rhonda to investigate the... Uh, and investigate the strip club where she works while it's closed. Of course, the lights turn on, and out she comes, and two other killers come too. Cue fight. Dean gets grabbed. Uh, she starts ripping at his heart. Sam brains her, and then Dean stabs her in the heart. Oh, no, Sam brains... It doesn't matter. Sam comes in for the assist, and Dean stabs her in the heart, uh, taking her out and the other killers. In the denouement, they talk to Betsy, and she's at peace, and in the car, they talk about how Sam wants to be normal now, and how Dean is even more Joker-fied. End of episode. <sighs> This episode directed by Jensen Ackles. Yep. Oh, and, good lord. Uh, written by Buck Lemming, as we. Oh, discussed. that yeah. explains a lot. Yeah, we mm -hmm. mentioned this last time. Um, yeah. So, um, there, the, the this this fucking episode. There's like nothing good about this episode. It manages to be boring and racist and sexually bizarre. Uh huh. Not that there's anything wrong with being sexually bizarre, I, but this one does it badly. <laughs> there's one thing good, which is the idea is fun of, like, an immortal athlete that's, like, tried every uh, sport um, and, like, has gotten tired. Like, is like, what is the point of competition? Like, I've become the best at everything. Like, what is the point of my life now? Um, if you want a story about this that's actually good, uh, but is about art and not sports, I would recommend playing the video game Immortality. Um, of course you have a pull but, for this. <laughs> but, uh, like, as a short story, I would read about this, like, ancient athlete dude um, who, like, has gotten sad. That's fun. But it's not 
interesting as like a guy who died off screen and now like we just have to kind of deal with his mess it's like a cool idea but nothing is done with it and also um uh, we we have some classic like white person urban fantasy like uh uh ancient maya mysticism shit which is like i'm surprised that we've made it this far without digging into like the fear uh like the the white fear of like mesoamerican uh like heart eating yeah yeah that's true but uh we got there this finally is season one episode <laughs> derogatory uh-huh mm-hmm. uh-huh um so okay cacao is just the word for cocoa like like cocoa i guess is like a mis- misunderstanding of the pronunciation of cacao i don't know um or like it's pronounced in different ways in different places um but the like the i don't know enough about there's a lot of misinformation about um the maya it's hard to uh look into them in this case and also it's like a a culture that has been around for so long and has, has had so many shifts and stuff so like uh, there is the if you look up the um god of maze for the maya um the the name that comes up is um hun uh hanap hanap hun hanapu as i believe how you would pronounce that um there is the there's a person there's a god called the tonsured maze god um and also the uh foliated maze god uh who is the tonsured one is male and the foliated one is female these are like depictions on like really old um pottery uh from like the classical period of like it says 200 to 900 AD um, if you look, there are stories about, like, Hanhanapu by, like, contemporary Maya people because they're still around. Um, I, there it is, like, ancient Mayan is a language that has, like, dr- of course, drifted over time. And, like, modern Mayan is different, obviously, but it is very funny to me. It's like, oh, it's an ancient dead language from this culture that isn't around anymore. It's like, there's still Maya people. There's this one like, survivor who's a white guy. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah, they got a white guy to play this. Play the, to, well, I guess not play him, but to be the image that they have for him. Um, yeah, they cast him. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Um. This is dumb. Um. It's bad. The. I okay. The Maya did do human sacrifice. From what I know, it was mostly, like, a, like, rich person thing. It was, like, the nobility did this. Um, and there's, like, of course, all sorts of, like... What does they say in this episode? They're, like... They they say some real racist shit. They say all kinds of like, crap about, like, oh, their culture is violent like, and Violent and, like, torturers or something? Or yeah, like... Yeah, violence, torture, conquest. You know, all that stuff that white people like to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh yeah, the the Spaniards didn't do similar things to the yeah. to the Sam, Maya. Sam says because maize was the most important thing to the Mayans, which is not accurate. He should be saying the Mayas or the yeah. Maya, I think. Um, well, that and torturing and killing everyone in sight. Okay, who are the everyone in sight? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, quick, Sam. 
from what I know, it was generally like very important people that were sacrificed, like um uh like high class like prisoners of war, like uh and also enemy kings and stuff. Um so again, like every culture has its shitty rich people, and it seems like the whole sacrificial stuff was mostly done by the shitty rich people. Uh I'm not an expert in Maya culture, but this is what I've heard. Um it is like it is complicated. Not everyone liked that it was a thing that happened, like any sort of like bad shit in any culture, and uh, obviously not portrayed with like any considerable uh, research here, except for yeah, no, there isn't even any sort of like I guess like the the guy jogging is like a good athlete, but like there's no sort of like discussion of like the power of the hearts being eaten or anything like that. I mean, Miranda eats that random John. So yeah, like, he's just a dude. Uh, okay. Opportunity. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of slapdash folklore corner. I didn't have a lot of time to do research for this episode. I, I legit like I was watching this at like twelve thirty at night when like the the shoe dropped and it revealed like what the plot of this episode was, and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to do work. My notes keep saying, "Huh?" It's uh -huh. just so bad. I have okay. The it's just wrong just on like so many levels. Mark, like, like, okay, the, the thing that's have, huh? nice. What the fuck? Okay, sure. Why not? Okay, huh? Those are my notes. Thank you for coming. <laughs> the thing that's nice is that it's so wrong that I don't have to do that much work. It's like, yeah, this is just nothing about this is right. Yeah. Hmm. Like, this episode is so bad that the guy who was in Phoenix has to announce, I'm the guy you were looking for in Phoenix. Like, oh my god, it's it's just bad. It's so fucking yeah. bad. It, well, it's a, it's, it's bad awful. writing in addition to the, like, racist appropriation and yeah. misrepresentation on top of that. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. Like, it's, it's, they're, they do kind of a rule of threes with it, where it's like, okay, talk to the first guy, talk to the second guy, go to the third place, talk to the third guy, but uh-oh. The third guy is not what you'd think. Um, but it's like, I don't know. It's not done in that an interesting way, really. I liked the... The build-up was kind of fun. The, like, secret room and the letters and the memorabilia. The, mo the moment I... Honestly, they didn't need the me the letters. Uh, but the moment I saw all the memorabilia, I was like, Ooh, okay. This is interesting. <laughs> um, but then it reveals, like, why this person... Was the way he was, and I was like, oh, fine, yeah, okay, so it's supernatural. Of course it's gotta be racist. I think my only good part of this episode was Dr. Kashi. Yeah. Yeah, she was She was cool. I don't have a lot of notes about her, but... I don't well, have a lot of she, notes about her, why she Kashi, general. but I was just happy to see her. It's like, yay. Is she in... Does she come up again? No, like... I just like her as, like, a one-bit okay. character, because normally right, that that's... character would be a white man. Right, fair, okay. Diversity win. Um... <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <sighs> I was, I guess, happy that they haven't forgotten about, um, what's his name, Dr. Morrison? Yeah, Dr. Morrison, that character I liked. I So maybe he'll be back on screen at some point, but he's just <laughs> like their off-screen Bobby for this episode. He made it into the recap to remind yeah. us. And then, in case you didn't watch the recap, they have to go, you know, from that case we did. Yeah. Okay, to be fair... Most people now listen, would've, I would have like, forgotten him. I also would have forgotten. Very funny. They're like, oh yeah, season name. seven, remember? Remember that guy? Remember that guy who was kind of fun? God, remember season seven. Yeah, remember remember that? 
Okay. Um, I think we could probably move through this episode pretty quickly because most of the stuff that I want to talk about are like the conversations that Sam and Dean have in between them actually like doing the the, the investigation shit. Yeah. Um, my first. I don't note have a is lot of notes for this. My first note is that Sam, like, uh, like total weirdo, is just like eating a red delicious, the worst apple. <laughs> Listen, he's trying everything. He's had a long year. He's like he's experimenting with his tastes. Red, de- the so- that's the most like he you had can get to them at any superstore. He had to try it. The soy boyification get- of Sam resumes. This I is know. how you know it's a buck It's really episode. He took yeah. me to a farmer's market, guys, and seems like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> it is fun that they're at a farmer's market. I, I like love when they're that. at it's places. Great. Is there is the like weird bar they go to also in this episode or is it in the next one? Oh no, I guess it wouldn't be in the next one because they're barely in that one. Um Yeah, there's like a weird bar that uh is very like I don't know how to describe it. Um uh, where is it here? Well, it could be in the next episode because they film the boys at a restaurant. I don't think so. Um, give me one second, because there's a yeah. Okay, it's at um, it's at six twenty eight. Uh, it's like very like I guess like classy small town bar where it's like the the chips are laid out in a weird way. They have the like blackboard with the multicolored chalk and it's like very open and has like this stone counter. I'm like, where is this? Um I'm posting it in roughs. It doesn't look like it, it looks it stood out to me. Oh that is kind of neat. That looks like a bar that I could see in, in my city. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the level of interest in this episode, that one of the things that stood out to me was that this bar they were in was kind of neat looking. <laughs> yeah. Also, in the, the farmer's market scene, when they're outside, um, the sunlight makes it abundantly clear exactly how spray tan they are this season. They look terrible. Oh my god. Oh, Sam's yeah. hair so looks bad. great, and the rest of them look bad. In the next episode, Dean looks so orange. It's god-awful. It's disgusting. What did they do to him? Look how they massacred my boy. They took a break from boiling his frog to to, to spray paint him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we we in this first scene set up the conflict of both this season and this episode of like Dean being mad that Sam has gone soft. Basically, he's like, "Yeah, eating eating apples." In the farmer's market, yes. and Dean's like, you were avoiding the stuff we were supposed to be doing, which is what killing things. What kind of sicko would eat an apple? What kind of sickle, sickle would eat an apple? I only <laughs> eat two hamburgers. He literally does eat two hamburgers in the next yeah. episode. I'm like, my tummy hurts just looking at that. He also, didn't get to uh, eat this... any fast food last year. Leave him alone. And he was in purgatory. Oh, wait a second! Yes. What? Do you know this bar? <laughs> wait, did it get redecorated? I literally ate here a few Incredible. days ago. <laughs> oh my god. This is the Stanley Park Bar and Grill. Yeah, it got redecorated. It looks super different now. Oh my god. Oh, that's so funny. Why you yeah. should do like a a, a a vlog of like uh-huh. visiting all of the fun supernatural sets in the greater Vancouver metropolitan area. That's literally uh uh 
she didn't get it, but that was a job my partner like was was interviewed for is like doing like leading people on supernatural tours. I remember. I remember. Oh, it would have been so um, great if she could have gotten it. <laughs> Yeah, so this this uh the farmers market is in Stanley Park, and then they go to the this bar that they're at is the Stanley Park Bar and Grill, which is has very overpriced but quite good food. Um, <laughs> I had a I had a short rib sandwich there. Um, literally like, what day was that? Uh, Thursday, so like five wow, days like, ago. Like really sweet. Yeah. How was Thursday five days ago? It's four Sunday. days ago. I can't do math. <laughs> Leave me alone. Four days ago. You scared me. So yeah, would I recommend it? I don't know. If you're in the mood for doing touristy stuff and spending like $25 on a sandwich, but it was a really good sandwich, so like, eh, depends on what your budget is. There's cheaper places in Vancouver, but the vibes were good. This has been Yelp with Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> Wyatt visits all of the bars and the... Like, I'm trying to think, like, I just want to talk about Sam. anything that isn't this episode. Honestly. Um, I'm just My next one is about when they're scripts. talking about Dean not needing Sam, so. Um, or something no, similar. I have a note first, because they're, like, weirdly fatphobic to this jogger who did the murder. Yeah. Um, Something about, he's like, how he's not Thor. Like, I have news for you about Thor, just by the way. Uh-huh. Right? Um, he seems like he'd be tough. Like, he's big in a way that's, like... He's, like, broad set. He looks yeah. like a Scottish weightlifter. Yeah. He has dad bond, that's all. But, I mean, like, so no true. one is powerful enough to rip out a human's heart. Like, you like you can't... That's not how... They're literally bizarre. They're like, well, we question him, but, you know, he he doesn't have a prior criminal history, and uh -huh. he's fat, so we let him go. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. 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 He says, "You think he's? You think he's gonna grab Freddy Fitness here and throw him down and rip his heart out? I don't think so. Forgive me if I didn't take him out back and shoot him." Says the cop. <laughs> and Sam and Dean sort of look at each other like that, as like, because yeah, that's the thing that they do to people. Literally, so fucking weird. Uh, no part then of that the next scene is that they're no. The next scene is that they're at Paul's house. The thing I do think is funny in this scene is he's like made his smoothie and then he says do you want to hit like it's a like it's weed <laughs> literally he's he smells it on sam he's like this bitch would love a kale smoothie uh-huh uh -huh. <laughs> but he's not quite there yet um there's a i guess there's like a sort of um foreshadowing towards the like religious sacrifice aspect of this because like dean says your body's a temple and he's like where i worship every day or i guess like six months every six months <laughs> um yeah so i guess next we get arthur who is the most like um horror pulp insane type character just mm -hmm. like babbling the same line over and over like kind of like rocking like kind of staring around sort of bug-eyed um i guess this actor has heterochromia right unless they give him a contact but like his eye like his his eyes look cool I obviously wasn't paying very good attention because both the first time I watched this episode and this time I didn't notice until they were like, yeah, he's got heterochromia. I was like, oh. Oh, I, was, I found it really noticeable. No, it's, it's One is much darker than the other. I was not paying um, attention. If this is the same guy on IMDb, maybe I forgot what his face looks like, but if this is him, he does not have heterochromia. Okay. So I, I guess they just put a cool contact in. Because one of them is like really dark. Um, yes. 
so it's noticeable. But, uh, yeah, they mostly just try to talk to him and nothing happens in this scene. They sprinkle some uh, and holy they're, water like, on him. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I think this is not the same guy. I don't know who that is. Dean says, it's too bad I dropped out of Lunatic 101. Haha, ha, you're so funny, Dean. Cricket noises. Um, I thought Sam was, like, recording this to check for, um, what do they call it, EMF on ESP. tape afterwards, but I mm. guess not. ESP. Yeah. EMF is the electromagnetic thing, because I knew that wait. was wrong, and I was like, no, it can't be. ESP is it ESP? Is this extrasensory wait, perception. Wait, no, no, wait. No, hold it's on. It's EMF. No, ghost voices. That's a song. Oh. Um, on recording. I see. I see what you mean. Okay, Oh, sure. an EVP. Electronic Thank voice you. phenomenon. God. Got it, got it, got wrong. it. I had two um, of the three letters right. <laughs> but I guess he wasn't doc- doing that, because why would we bother listening to this guy? Yeah. Um, I mean, he was recording it so they could try and figure out what the fuck he was saying. But Dean is so proud of himself that he bought a translation app. It was very cute, I will say. I'd, I was like, that he was bought cute. it? What? I know, he I was like... a translation app. He wants to practice You do know English. that Google does that for free. Yeah, but I guess it wasn't, like... Good, Google Translate as good doesn't back have in ancient Mayan. Well, neither, neither did his. app that he bought. That's true. Well, he doesn't know that. Um, then we meet Dr. Kashi, who, yeah, is an Indian woman. Um, I was very scared that she was going to be evil, so I'm glad she isn't. <laughs> Diversity win. Sam has his shoes on the bed. That's why Amelia dumped him. <laughs> she didn't fuck dump him. He left her in the middle of the night. <laughs> Um, there's a couple of moments where I was like, why did d- the director Jensen Ackles make this decision? Um, so number uh-huh. one time that I, the first time that I noticed like a weird directing choice is like this extreme close up on Jackal's face while he's like reading off the laptop. And it's like, do, were you just like, okay. And then everyone has to look at me like what? <laughs> it, it's uh-huh. not a bad choice. It's just like so noticeable that it's a close up. Um, and like Sam was like also close up because he's nearby but like he's more in the background i don't know it was just like it was a weird angle it was a weird shot um the next time i noticed is when there's a giant neon sign that says rear entry uh-huh we get that shot twice thanks jensen they thought Um, it was very funny i did kind of like the slow pan toward the like prison cell i think that like scene was well shot Mm -hmm. oh it's like oh no he's gonna kill himself um this is only yeah, Jensen's like, second directing credit, right? I think so. I check. Uh, Dean doesn't know what Manx is. Also, is Manx a dead language? I thought there were still people who spoke Manx. This is his third directing credit. Because mm. he did Weekend at Bobby's and uh, The Girl Next Door. Mm. Uh, Manx is not a dead language. Oh, yeah. I would not expect Manx anything Manx was pronounced a dead language in 1974, but... Yeah, it's been revived. It has been revived. When also, was it revived? It, also, Wikipedia says, um, although few spoke as a first language, there's been a steady increase in speakers since the death of Ned Madrill in 1974. He was considered to be the last speaker to grow up in a manx speaking community environment. Despite this, the language has never fallen completely out of use. So. Even though it's pro- been pronounced dead and extinct. Yeah. It's like currently. like <laughs> The news of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um. According to a 2021 survey, there are 23 first language speakers and uh, 2,200 second language speakers. Um, 
So yeah, this episode continues to be wrong about things, like just the most like cursory Google stuff. I mean, which like I don't know. It's fine that the that the boys are wrong about shit. It's just like it's I don't just know. that the the narrative then agrees with them. So it's not the yeah. boys being wrong; it's the writers being lazy. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Um. <sighs> then Ranza murders that guy. Um, I feel like we're probably supposed to think that he, like, was doing something wrong by soliciting a sex worker, but he literally didn't do anything wrong. Um, but also, she's not supposed to be killing people, so I don't know if that's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't, it, it seems seem... like he propositioned her, and, like, she was like, yeah, sure, and they went outside together. Yeah, exactly. like, I don't think there was any coercion on his part. No, that's not, no, I don't mean, like, the show thinks that, or wants us to think that there was, like, assault happening. I just mean, like, yeah, I couldn't tell at the moment where, you know, where our sympathies were supposed to lie, because uh-huh. I didn't know yet. I think, th- she was th- I evil think, or, like, is this supposed to be a girl boss moment of, like, yeah, she killed this guy? I don't think or, so. I didn't, I don't think so either, this but I do love women's wrongs. This dude's all right, because, like, vibes, but, like, the, not in a, a, like, specific way. The first thing he says to her is, like, loved your performance tonight. Must take years of training. It's like, yeah, respect that. Mm -hmm. He appreciates the craft. Anyway, she rips his heart out. Um, (laughs) The boys talk in the car. We get more soy boy stuff with Dean being like, what do you think about organic tomatoes? (laughs) Haha, I'm so funny. Um, Dean's like, yeah, this is right for me. This last year of just killing things nonstop, just being doom guy in hell, uh, has given me a new perspective. I was like, I like killing things. It sounds like, makes sense. Sounds like, okay, well, Nate, you know, I don't know if this is for me, man. It's like, maybe you don't need me. I mean, maybe you're at your best hacking and slicing your way through all the world's crap alone, not having to explain yourself to anybody. And Dean's like, yeah, that makes sense. You can have so many other brothers I can talk to about this stuff, which I did like as a good line, as a line of like, Dean's like, yeah, I need to talk to somebody about this still. I'll go crazy otherwise. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. that is really Sam, good. Sam, that's, that's like... the thing he's sensitive about. Sam's like, you don't need me. Yeah. And Dean is like, I am the loneliest bitch alive. Yep. And he doesn't even like, have Cass anymore, Sam. Come on. Yeah. I mean, he does kind of have Benny. See, but they're he on and a Benny break. Benny are taking some time apart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but only because he wanted to go back to Sam. Like, Benny could have been his new partner in crime. Maybe God, Benny would wouldn't be so cool great. about him just going around killing things, though, considering it would have been good. Benny would have been good for him. I think so. I mean, well, there's like a thing in the next. We'll talk about the next episode. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. And Dean, the what? Because it sort of goes back on the Dean, on like the new Dean characterization in a way that I don't know what to think about. But um, regardless, uh, Sam's like, I want my time to count for something, which is interesting. Dean's like, so what we do doesn't count, and they get interrupted by phone call. Yeah, um, what did Sam mean by that? Like, yeah. I get that I the think... hunting business fucking sucks, but, like, yeah, you are saving lives sometimes. Yeah. I think what he means is he wants it to count for something for him. Like, that was my yeah. read on it, is, like, he doesn't want to be looking back on his life and be like, I was just miserable all the time and I never did anything for myself and for my own happiness. Yeah. I support you, Sammy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time I support... I mean, every time I say I support, I have to laugh because that's how my students, like, backtrack sounding homophobic. <laughs> like, they just say, no, no, I support, I support. 
which is so funny. <laughs> I support you, gay Sam. So true. Um, they talk about Brick. Uh, uh, Brick Holmes is a funny name. That's my only real mm-hmm. note. That. Imagine being a basketball um, very funny player name named for Brick. Wait, yeah. he's, he's a, fo- a football player, but yeah. he wasn't a basketball player while he went by Brick. But come on, right? No, being any kind of sports um, guy, physical sports guy, and being called Brick would be funny as hell. Brick, yeah. I, I I assumed it was a nickname, but they never talk about what his like actual first name would have been. So I guess like when uh Inyo is like, yeah, I'm gonna pick a new name this time. Uh, what am I gonna be named? Looks around, looks at a wall. Brick. How about that? <laughs> I mean, after like 900 years, you probably like get really yeah. tired of trying to come up with convincing names. Just he chooses just more and more person. ridiculous names. Trans people love picking names. Mm-hmm. Literally. See, the thing is, it's like Brick is a non-binary name to me, like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's so like, I... diversity win. The racist murderer is non-binary. <sighs> There's a bit here when they find out how many organs he donated. It's it's it's, it's silly, but it's funny. Where um. Sam's like, did the doc say how many organs he donated? And Dean goes, including our two suspects, eight. And Sam goes, eight. And he goes, eight. Yeah. It's uh, it's just silly. Yeah. It's it is silly. silly. Anyway, they go talk to Eleanor, yeah. who will be Betsy. Um, yeah. And Sam nerds out. Yeah, Sam was Sam's into football, which is, I don't know, kind of funny to me, considering they're trying to do the, like, soy boyfication thing, but, like, he's super We've into sports. We've seen what he was like in middle school. Like, he was a nerd. Yeah. He had a, a jock icon. It's surprising that Dean isn't the one. Like, I don't mind it. This is such a Dean crush moment. Like, why yeah. did they give it to Sam? I think, I kind of like it, though, because it, like, complicates Sam a little bit. Yeah, sure. I can allow it. It's just like he can be like, he can be both like a a, a nerd choice. and also think that football's good. Yeah. Expand your horizon, Sammy. Those people exist. I'm just glad they didn't do do the like oh sports ball like thing with him. They really easily could have been done of like him making fun of Dean for liking football or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh I think it's funny that Dean's like, so no new interest, fly fishing, stamp collecting, the occult. And <laughs> Betsy's like, the occult? And it's like, and in her like, head, she a... must be like, uh-oh, they're maybe on to me. Yeah. Fucking Metal Gear Solid. What? That exact moment is when I was like, oh, she's definitely evil. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, morally culpable, if not evil, but... Mm-hmm. Um, um... Dean's like... Yeah, it's so weird how he just like randomly died like that. And she's like, when things happen that aren't supposed to happen, oh, yes. they're called accidents, I believe. I Get like his that fucking line. ass. Yeah, him, I really girl. like when they're when they're like interrogating someone who is actively hostile toward them. It's really good. Also in hindsight, very funny that she's like, I don't think it occurred to his fans that he was human like the rest of us knows very ah, well he isn't like ah, that. Ah, ah, yeah. But it only stands up on a rewatch, and who in the god's name would rewatch this episode? <laughs> Unfortunately, I have rewatched this episode, not by choice. Okay, so Doctor Doctor Morrison is back. Um, Sam's like, all right, Doc- Professor Morrison. Oh, he's wait, he calls him Professor here. I mean, doctors are professors often, but professors like, are he usually. is a professor. He's both, but 
whatever. Um, it's like, the FBI thanks you. Yes, I'm totally looking into adding you as a technical advisor. Yeah, it comes with a medical plan. I like that he's still hustling, that they still remember that part of his character. Fucking but, him. <laughs> but there's like a little nitpick I have here in terms of like action should have consequences. Because we talked about in the Amazon episode that they promised Dr. Morrison a bunch of stuff that they cannot deliver on. Mm. And he should be suspicious of them now because of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how bureaucracy is. Yeah. That is probably the excuse they gave him. I'm sure they gave him an excuse. I wish I had seen that on screen. Yeah, that's true. But I'm the only person that cares about this kind of shit, so. <laughs> You're so special, Wyatt. <laughs> I just like different types of fiction than this show is. Um, There's uh... a silly bit where uh, Dean's like... He, he, like, gets a news alert on his phone and sounds like, don't tell me someone had their heart ripped out here in Boulder. And he goes, all right, then I won't tell you. And they just yeah, get the Yeah, I won't tell you. Yeah, 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 it was good. Classic, classic brother shit. Classic uh, banter dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah, Sam's uh, been asking questions about admissions. Mm-hmm. Dean's, like, got another email here. And Sam's like, just look, look just something looking into an option. Dean's like, she's thinking about hanging it up. I'm not talking about anything, Dean. I'm just looking at options. Hmm. Yeah. He never got to go to that interview, Dean. Be nice. Yeah. He literally missed his interview seven years ago, and you're going to be mad at him for trying to go to college again? He's he's really not doing a good job of making Sam want to hang out with him some more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's doing a real good job at pushing Sam away by being this much of an asshole. Yeah. And also by being, like, a murder freak now. <laughs> yeah, that too. That doesn't help. Um, sports memorabilia room. This room is cool. I like a little hidden doorway in the closet. Um, I like all the shit that's in this room. I like when immortals keep trophies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this case, literal trophies. Yeah. And I like that the first, they they first do the, like, normal stuff. Of like, oh yeah, he's a fan, and they realize all the shit is his. Like, that's a fun little, like, twist. Mm-hmm. Um, I screenshotted the letter, um, the, like, suicide note, I guess. Um, unfortunately, it's, like, kind of hard to read, and a lot of it's cut off, but the stuff that I can see here is, like, um, so tired of it all, this continual parade of games and something of meaningless competition, always changing, always moving, not a still moment in the, something, in the flow of eternity, uh, I want to be still with you in eternity, yet you can't help but change with time, um... And then something about the universe. Um, something. Yeah, he's a poet. Yeah. <laughs> else, something. Then why couldn't he just retire think, like, the athleticism and like maybe yeah, bring her if in he on could... the rituals that make him immortal? Yeah, why couldn't he have done that? Both of your oh, maybe... problems have solutions, my guy. Maybe it's the sort of thing where like it's a one-time deal, like. Or you could stop doing the ritual. Yeah, you could just stop doing the ritual because presumably stop he stops it. Immortal. He'll like start aging yeah whether or not that comes in all at once is kind of a concern but you know yeah you um, know, maybe he just yourself. did have actual like neurological depression well yeah it seems That's like true. he was depressed oh, i love depressed immortals i also love depressed immortals <laughs> see this is the thing is like this this could have been a good interesting character if the show wasn't bad and like mm-hmm. he didn't die off screen and also his origin story wasn't racist as hell it is also fun that the letters like keep shouting out different sports like teams and events. Yes, um, mm-hmm. which is fun. Um, 
Yeah, sh- we get the, the Red Sox, Ray. the Dodgers. Yeah. Fuck the Dodgers, those disloyal bastards. <laughs> uh, this reminds me, in Wyatt's uh, other media that's better than Supernatural Corner, I started listening to um, Margaret Killjoy's podcast, Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff. Uh, which I would highly recommend if you like uh, Margaret Kildroy. Kildroy is a like trans, like hardcore leftist, like anarchist um, who likes digging into like lesser known parts of history or figures in history or stories about people in history that are well known, but the cool stuff about them isn't actually that much talked about. Uh, and she recently did episodes on Helen Keller and Muhammad Ali, uh, which Muhammad Ali is why I'm bringing this up because the boxing stuff reminded me of that. Uh, that was a cool dude, that guy. Hell yeah. Um, what happens next? That's interesting. Not much. Where'd my transcript go? There it is. Uh. (laughs) My, this is for when, when Ron, Randa and Dean are having a little hoedown, so. Oh, Dean gets it, Dean gets it right and says the Maya, so. They say it correctly in one case. And they say it wrong in the next episode. And that immediately says they were all about war and torture and conquest. And sports, which that's the most true part of this, is they did they did enjoy their sports, but also again, many cultures enjoyed their sports. Um Is this our first uh running up that hill, make a deal with God? <laughs> Because uh, mostly we've just had gods do their own thing, but this is someone who made like a like a deal. And Dean's like, we've seen it before. People make deal with demons, um, but has there been a god deal? I, I can't think of any. When well, I saw, I, I was like, the the scarecrow. Technically, I guess I guess you're right, but that's that was more like a community. Yeah, I guess that counts. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what is what is a community worshiping right. a, a god by it's true. sacrificing humans if not a deal with god? It's true. No, you're right. I didn't think about it in that way. More of like cuz we it's a person empowered by that deal versus like the yeah. sort of um the benefit uh of a relationship the god's with the land magic. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't know like if we've seen like a cult. one-on-one type deal. Yeah. Not like with not like what we have with demons. I mentioned it because when Rhonda's like eyes glowed all red, I was like, "Ooh, new 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 monster, new new like type of guy." We got red <laughs> eyes now. Hey, Crowley has red eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like they're different looking red eyes. They are. That's how you tell the supernatural monsters apart is what how what color are their eyes and what how do they glow like? Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, it was like Arthur couldn't handle uh, having to kill people, so that's what drove him nuts. Because he was a quote. dedicated cop, and as we all know, cops yep. are known for their consciences. They uh-huh. hate killing people. They hate killing people mm-hmm. and eating their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I would eat. Normal people love killing people. Normal cops people love hate to killing eat hearts. people. Cops hate it because they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go back and talk to Betsy. It's like... He was deeply in love. Um, I'm like, ash- I was ashamed when I, but ashamed about like not doing anything about the whole like ritual sacrifice, like to continue to live thing. It's so awkward when your boyfriend does ritual sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. I know. What are you supposed to do? We'll talk mom, more obviously. about what to do when your boyfriend, boyfriend kills someone in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Good thread. Um. 
I mean, anyway, she yeah. gives like a whole speech about how like how sad she was and like how much yeah. she loved him, and it's so sad that and he he's killed, killed himself. Two like, thousand oh, people. Did the people. racist murderer kill himself? Well, he's in the fiction. He's not racist. He's just a character who is did racist murderer, in his existence. Did the serial killer kill himself? <laughs> yeah, he is a serial killer. Wow, it's I different from. I thought we though. didn't support suicide here, guys. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's just, like, really weird that we're supposed to sympathize with her for, like, her grief over yeah. this guy? This fucking guy? Also, like, yeah, at age know. 900. Like, it's yeah. fine. He's lived he a lived life. a long time, yeah. Yeah, he's allowed to kill him. <laughs> um, so I, I wrote my notes, like, oh, yeah, of course, they just have to take out the heart. Sure, that, of course, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting thing where, like, they're talking about this, um, and Sam goes, you think Brick thought maybe he'd burn to nothing when he crashed that car? And Dean's like, yeah, but he didn't, which brings us here. So, I don't know, I think it's interesting, like, Brick wouldn't have wanted this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean likes the smell of strip clubs. My next so note. What, what, what was the point of that? I don't know. We get it, what Dean likes sex. What do strip clubs sex? even oh smell like? Sweat? Because no one's having sex in there. Pussy. It's like I smell the pussy. <laughs> it's so weird. They're like in the locker room. What are you sniffing? What are you sniffing? The smell yeah, of old know. bra? Like what? I don't know. Bad. Stupid. Um. So they do the fight. Uh, as you said, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Tong, the guy from Phoenix, is here. Yeah. They are um, holding jackals down while a woman steps on him in her high heels. I think yep. that maybe he should direct. <laughs> it's true, right? He did. I mean, he didn't write this. He but... didn't write this, but we sure do get shots. We sure that do are get very shots. Specific. Yeah, yeah. Diversity loss. This, this ancient evil Maya is bisexual. Well, she. Wait, are you? Impl- I don't think. No, she got Brick's think... heart. That's I don't think she's brick. I think no, it's just but like, I like it's like they're compulsed. She's like a little bit. They're compelled. Yeah, they're compelled. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's a little bit possessed. She, more so than the others. Well, yeah, she, she describes she, it she as was like totally different I, person. Beforehand, I was the shy, awkward thing from Georgia with a heart condition. Then I had the surgery. I, I think it's more like the power of the god imbues in them like something new and different, rather than now being directly to do with brick. Mm-hmm. Now she's Xena warrior princess. I I figured that when she did the 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 ritual and the mist went into her, I was like, "That's a little bit of brick." I, I assumed it's more doing like there. it's a little bit of the god. Oh yeah, that's fair. I can see that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, brick is just some guy. Because brick brick had depression, so. Um. But yeah, and fight they happens. fucking explode their organs. I think yeah. they need those guys. Well, they were. I don't even know if people. they died. They just collapsed. Well, I mean, what, it depends I think what they were compelled they had. to kill people. One had a kidney. The other, I think, had a lung. Is what it looks like because it was in his chest. Um, right. So, yeah, the kidney guy should have been more or less fine. You can survive with one kidney. Or a yeah, yeah. I think it was a kidney. Maybe he only had one kidney, but still, you wouldn't die instantly. Knuckles, the kidney. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sorry, not to totally derail this podcast. No, it's great. I mean, we're almost done. 
Um, so yeah, they win as per usual. I think her like I wanted to mention. I think her like video game boss stepping out to d- explain her origins was very funny. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, we got like six minutes left in the episode. Let's just briefly talk about let this woman express interiority and then kill her. Um, speaking of women expressing interiority, they go like very briefly talk to Betsy, and she's like, "I'm at peace now." Yeah, it's so boring. It is yeah. so boring. She's like, I half thought you might fail and Randa would come after me. Either way, I'd finally be at peace. And they leave and there's like a shot of yeah. her like looking off into the distance. Oh, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, and then Dean's like, we got the win. Feels good, huh? Thinking about what Rhonda said and how it feels good to be a warrior. I get it, man. I do. He's it like, I'm also like, a Xena Kenny. Yeah. Sounds like, nah, man. I don't think I ever felt like this. And Dean's like, come on, don't ruin my buzz, would you? Uh, Which is Sam, Sam continues to be like, I want a normal life. I had a normal life for a little bit, and I would like to have that again. And Dean goes, I think that's just how you feel right now. He's coming out to you, Dean. That's uh-huh. not a nice thing to say. Anyway, then we got our little flashback of Amelia in like the brightest lighting. They literally just did Lisa Picnic Scene 2.0. Literally. No, literally. But this time, it's wimpy because it's <laughs> Sam. This time, Lisa picnic scene is real, which makes it pathetic. Mm-hmm. Emma, did you draw this? No, I found it online. Oh, you can click you the image You found link. it online? Okay, that's so funny. <laughs> that knuckles the kidney in the refs now. <laughs> uh, anyway, Amelia goes, you've never seen a birthday scene. cake before? No, he hasn't. He oh, hasn't. God, I'm going to sob. This is the most like high contrast, like golden light shit in the world. Yeah, it's the like, lighting a is Vaseline really bad. Filter over everything. This dog continues to be very cute. Sam does like a stupid little smile back in the car, like thinking about this memory, and then he looks yeah. off at Dean, and then he looks sad, and it's like, okay, Jared. He wants what Dean wanted now. Dean Dean had his domestic life and is done with it. Sam's like, but I want to give it a shot. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess he did give it a shot for like a year. But he doesn't want to feel guilty about it. Yeah. It's so weird that he just leaves. I know. He literally just up and leaves. It's like a night. whole thing with Dean and We're Lisa. Gonna like, we have out. a whole episode about that. Yeah, I know. But it's just like, yeah, he just fucking leaves. Um, it's so funny, though. I can't wait for you to find out why. Oh, boy. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, I'll text you. Thank you. Um. Also, one other thing logistically none of the shit with brick makes any sense because it's like you need like papers and stuff to like be a person in the world like how did he fake all that like how did i don't know it's weird like there's famous athletes often have like a lot of attention on them and like people writing about them and shit and it's like like nobody noticed that the baseball guy has the same face as the football guy from 20 years ago I mean, a lot of jocks can have same fit. Like, I, th- that part, I didn't, yeah, I think it's I guess. fine. And, like, he did put in the effort to, like, dye his hair and grow a mustache yeah. and shave his head and all that. Like, he was careful, but it's silly. Um, I think, that, yeah, the, like, the fact that he doesn't have, like, a family or a backstory, I feel like, would eventually, I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the episode. Oh, I guess the final thing. The dog's name is Riot, which is a great name for a dog. Yep. Shout out to Riot. Yeah, she's a good one. Uh, okay. Uh, where are my actor facts? 
I have an uh, Rhonda. episode if you don't say oh. it. Okay, uh, I'll do I'll do mine and then you can do yours. Uh, Rondo is played by Kira Zagorski, who was also Dr. Julia Walker in Helix, Kara Cooper in The 100, and Vasquez in Continuum. Uh, Amelia, Sam's GF, was played by uh, Leanne Balaban, who's also Natasha Petrovna in Covert Affairs. Um, Eleanor Holmes, a.k.a. Betsy, was played by Patty McCormick. There's also Ingeborg in Mama, Tori Peck in Tori's Bad Girl, Linda Warren in The Best of Everything, Anne Brooks in The Ropers, Liz LeCervice in The Sopranos, um, Connie Compolotaro in Have You Met Miss Jones, and Dr. Monica Cordemain in General Hospital. Detective Pike was played by Alan Ackles, who was also Jensen Ackles' dad. Was that your actor fact? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and Dr. Kashi, Arthur's doctor, is played by uh, Anjali J, who was also Jacqueline in Continuum, uh, Jack in Robin Hood, Carrie Gold in iZombie, Selena in Supergirl, and Priya Ferris in Debris. Which and, one uh, was uh, was uh, Jensen's dad, the, the cop guy? Detective Pike. He was the second cop. Oh, the, the okay. Oh, whack. That's whack. I love not, the, it. not the guy who went nuts. No, but... no, the other cop. The one that they talked to about the guy who went nuts. I uh-huh. believe that's Pike. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they do talk to two cops in this episode. Yeah, that guy looks like he could be Pike is the one who dad. says, like, no, we investigated Hayes. Oh, he's the first cop. Okay. Yeah. Right, yes. Okay. He looks yeah, like he's... he should be, like, an orthodontist. <laughs> <laughs> he does have an orthodontist face. What is his job? An Colin actor, Apples. I think. Yeah, but he's not actually in a lot. It was in Prison Break. He was in one episode of Prison Break. He's also in uh, Walker, oh, Texas cool. Ranger. Oh, no, wait. He was in Walker, Texas Ranger when it was Chuck Norris. Oh, the original. Okay, I was like, that would be so funny. I mean, Chuck was... Norris is also problematic. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. But I just think it would be really in... funny if Jared Padalecki hired Jensen Ackles' dad as revenge for not being part of the Winchesters. <laughs> I just love the alternate universe where that. Okay, Alan Ackles has voiced hundreds of commercials and corporate projects. Ah, he's a commercial guy. There is a weird thing here. I was like, did he, was he like a producer on this? But I don't think so. He's been in five episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. In every episode he's been in, he's been a different character, which is really (laughs) weird. That is really weird. He played Cutter's attorney, Colonel Warren Rolski, Alan Steele, Warren Doyle, and Director Burns. Um, he is also I. Oh, he is also a different character in the movie. He plays Delta V. What the fuck kind of Western Why name is, is that? Fucking Star Trek ass motherfucker. He's a CEO apparently, so maybe he's like a weirdo rich guy. Um, he's in Walker, Texas Ranger six times as six different characters. That's bizarre. Who does he know, like, on the crew that, that keeps, like, weird. bringing him back? Or does he just love that show and keep auditioning for it? I don't know. It's so weird. Wild. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk about the next one, Bitten. Episode 4, Bitten, was written by Robbie Thompson. We have no recap. In the cold open, Sam and Dean, 
Yeah, it's it's a long episode, so I think they didn't have time for a recap. And also, it's completely standalone. It's shot like like a more like a little like mini movie than an episode of TV. Yeah, there's no continuity here except that we know who Sam and Dean are. Yeah. Um. Okay, so in the cold open, Sam and Dean come into a crime scene. They find a laptop that says "Play Me," so they watch a movie, which is this episode via found footage. Uh, we start with the words, "This should never Except have ended this way." Kind of break that sometimes, if I remember it's like correctly. Not one hundred percent logistically possible, but there's don't like worry. security camera footage in here too. I'm going to mention at least one other time that it like doesn't really make sense, but it's fine for the conceit it's of the fine. episode. It's yeah. found footage. Um, so we meet our cast. We have Brian, who is an amateur filmmaker slash camera enthusiast. Michael, his cooler friend, and the girl they're checking out, Kate, who catches them at it, but she likes Michael. Um, although Brian also has a crush on her. Kate and Michael get together. The three of them compare plans for the future, which is how you know things are not going to go well this episode. We see the gang in class where the professor is talking about Lord of the Flies, um, although Michael slept through, which is why Brian films his classes. Scott, an asshole acquaintance, shoves past them and they all go check out a crime scene where Sam and Dean show up as FBI. Most of the things that Sam and Dean say don't actually matter, so I'm not going to bother telling you about it. Brian and Michael are fucking around with the camera, and they end up eavesdropping on Sam and Dean again. This time they say, oh, I bet they're a couple. Okay. Uh, Later, they spot Scott making out with a girl who tells him to stop and shoves him off and leaves. Spots. Nope. Scott spots them. I knew I shouldn't write that. (laughs) And chases them. Uh, Michael gets like runs into the park i think it looks like the woods but i'm pretty sure it's the park um he gets jumped by a growling something brian finds him later with a giant bite but when they get home the bite is gone the next morning as brian and kate convince each other to believe the doctor when he said he was fine michael wakes up and rips the door off its hinges they all fuck around with this newfound super strength that's pretty cute they're having fun um brian approaches michael to ask about going back to get him bits in too and michael's like um no brian says that he doesn't want to be piggy anymore but michael who sleeps in class doesn't know what he means by that and refuses um the fbi so sam and dean show up to ask about the murdered neighbor um michael hides the giant bong prop reused from andy's van in season two uh on the porch (laughs) caught on camera through the window sam and dean mentioned that this could be another quote mayan god um once again mayan is the language uh, which leads to the gang joking about Michael being a god now. Michael, in the bathroom by himself, does a stare in the mirror routine, catches his eyes doing something weird and cool, and then his fangs come in, and his nails become claws. Wow. Um, he goes to, like, tenderly stroke Kate's cheek, and then he, like, goes to get a lot of takeout because he's so, so hungry. And then he goes out um, and finds Scott, who's hanging out with his douchebag friends because they've appointed themselves a neighborhood watch. Uh, Michael's like, I don't want to talk to Scott right now, and tries to, like, run off, but then Scott starts saying shit about Kate, and so Michael, um, attacks him. How the gang got Scott's camera to add this footage to their film, I do not know. This is the first time that it is, like, yeah, this right, doesn't make right. any sense, but it's fine. Um, at home, Brian and Kate are talking about how they're not scared of Michael, or at least Kate's not, um, and then Michael's there, covered in blood. Ah! Um, Kate tries to stick up for him, saying they don't know what happened, maybe it was self-defense, etc. Uh, Brian and Kate snoop out the Scott crime scene as the cop tells Sam and Dean that the heart was mostly eaten, and Brian is like, okay, and confronts Michael and gets punched across the room. Michael is very upset about this. Kate stays by him. Brian confronts Kate about staying by him, and she says that he doesn't get it because he's never been in love. Tense pause. Um... Kate and Michael spy on Sam and Dean as they debate whether this is a werewolf case without saying the word werewolf, but it's not the full moon. Um, Brian catches them and they help 
then he helps them hack into the restaurant security camera to keep spying again how did they get this footage mm. oh no you know what it's because this footage was looping to his laptop which is recording it mm-hmm. there fine so it's just scott's camera that really doesn't make sense to me um the winchesters give us all this lore about how werewolves who are closer to the alpha's generation are more quote pure blood and in, therefore in more control they can transform regardless of the lunar cycle and they can survive on animal hearts they also mention silver so that the gang will know about that um and then we get another Winces shout out yay um and michael freaks out about the fbi coming after him as a werewolf um brian alone goes over the footage of michael's attack and notices something so he goes into the park and finds a pin that he recognizes because it's their professor so he goes to confront them in his confront him in his office hold that thought next we see kate packing to leave the next morning um but brian says don't worry he took care of it and we cut back to his confrontation brian blackmails the professor um professor ludensky and threatens him with a silver knife until although we can't exactly see it um it's extremely strongly implied ludensky does bite him um then they're chatting about Ludensky's tragic villain monologue about how hard it is to be a werewolf, how he finally gave in an eight-card of the neighbor, how he decided to frame Michael because he's always sleeping in class and who would miss him? Brian's like me. Um, and how we don't get to choose who we are, whether we're Piggy or Ralph. Um, Brian shows us his bite mark and says he did choose who he is. Um, Kate and Michael are pretty horrified to hear about this, but Brian shows them the footage from his hidden camera in Ludensky's office, which shows Sam and Dean killing Ludensky, uh, and then they find the camera. Brian says, now they've killed who they're looking for, Michael will be safe. Um, I did this for you, but all that. Um, he's done hiding in Michael's shadow, they're equals now. Michael reveals he does remember killing Scott. Brian calls him weak, tells Kate she needs someone who can take care of her. She says she can take care of herself. Michael's like, get let go of her, and then they start fighting. Kate just kind of like stands there panicking while they fight, because what else is she supposed to do? But whatever. Um, and then when they separate, Michael has Brian's knife in his stomach, and he dies in Kate's arms. Kate goes after Brian with the knife. He grabs her. He tells her she'll understand after he bites her. Next, we see her crying in the bathroom. She has been bitten. The bite heals. She does some screaming and breaking things with her new strength. Then she smiles into the broken mirror and lets Brian in and kills the shit out of him. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Once the blood spray is all over the walls, she covers Michael's body. Then we see her cleaned up, monologuing to the camera. She says she finished Brian's movie so we would know that Michael wasn't always a monster. None of them were, which I do like. Um, They have a brief montage back to their hopes and dreams for the future voiceover, innocuous clips of their friendship. Uh, She says she's going to try to live on animal hearts. Since she didn't choose us and she's never hurt anyone human, she hopes they can give her a chance. Back to the boys. The intro credits finally finish rolling, which is fun. They decide, Mm -hmm. yes, they will let her go. We watch Kate walk off along train tracks into the sunset. Good for her. There's also, according to the transcript, a deleted scene about Sam calling Amelia and hanging up, but that doesn't matter. Huh. The end. The end. Uh, Did we mention that this episode was written by Robbie Thompson? Yes. I missed that at the at the at the at the start. Um, yeah. Uh, before we talk about this episode, I do briefly want to mention because uh, I was looking at Robbie Thompson's page, um, and Charlie Bradbury is indeed named after Ray Bradbury. I was correct, um, and also apparently Charlie from Firestarter, the Stephen King book. So nice. just wanted to get that in there, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, uh, this episode's great. They they did Love and Monsters, but made it good. Love and Monsters is in the, the Doctor, Doctor Who, Who episode? episode? Yes. 
I'm not quite sure if I get your through line, but okay. The the episode that is about characters who run into monster shit that just have the actual protagonists in the corner uh, that oh, like don't oh, actually oh, really okay. get involved you mean with the situation. Yeah. Yes. And like yes. and like <laughs> ends tragically. Although love, again, love and monsters. Love and monsters ends great <laughs> if you like fucking sidewalk. Uh huh. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Again, yeah, no. Love Monsters, bad episode of Doctor Who, but it was an interesting idea, and Supernatural did it good. Yeah, fun actually. framing narrative. Uh huh. Yeah. Obviously, they've done this before with the Ghost Facers, but the boys become more prominent characters in that episode. Um, and uh, also the Ghost Facers are fine by that. I mean, one of them dies. I, I, they're not, one of them does die. But, like, this is an episode about people who turn it, who, like, become monsters, and mm-hmm. that's interesting. And it's, like, from their perspective. It's like, this is that juicy shit. This is the shit that I like. I knew Wyatt would love this episode. A tragedy from the human perspective. Yeah. Yeah, this episode's great. This is a good, just a good yeah. story. I had fun with this um, one. Mm-hmm. It's like fairly straightforward in terms of it's like, yep, this is a tragedy. These are our characters and their flaws, and we're going to see it all fall apart. Uh, a thing that I like is in the intro, we see two bodies, but we don't see like who they are. And so it's like, yeah. okay, we know that one person is getting out of this, but we don't know which one's one it's going to be, which is yeah. a fun bit of like foreshadowing for this, this story as it plays out. Mm-hmm. About halfway through, I was convinced that Brian was going to kiss Kate and Michael was going to flip out and kill both of them. Mm. Yeah, and instead we get a final girl. Final girl. We love a final girl. We love a final girl who gets we to be a monster a and walk away. We do a final girl who gets to be a monster and walk away, yeah. So true. Um, I thought, until I looked at the, tr- at the not the transcript, at the IMDb page, I thought Michael and Brian were brothers. Hmm. Because they're like they're they're living together. They have a house. Um, They don't even have like an apartment. They have a full house. Oh, we're gonna see um, Kate again. I'm scared to continue reading in case she (laughs) dies in that episode, but we will see her again. I knew we saw her again. She's in season ten, apparently. Which is it'll be a while until we see her again. I want to keep reading. um, I won't. I'm closing the tab. Yeah, they have a they have a, a. brotherly vibe and also like this is the we're watching the brothers show so i thought we were getting a like brothers parallel which like we kind of have of like the the like nerdy one and the like dumb jock (laughs) like it's there (laughs) but they're not actually brothers dean is not a jock he's just a womanizer i you know he he's a meathead then that's fair. he's the tough guy he's the cool one who gets the girls? Who gets the girls? Did you guys feel like the set was familiar of their house? Like the the fancy oh, glass hmm. windows? I no. will check. The only reason I thought it was familiar was because I knew I had seen this episode before, though. So mm. Maybe it was just like the layout of the house, which is a pretty normal layout. It's not unusual or anything. It was just like the front door to the staircase. Um, it's a nice house. I want to know, like... I guess that's they're a pretty just common layout. The front door, yeah, like, right what into a stairway. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like it has to be the same set. I was just like, huh? Haven't we seen this? But it's also possible that it's just like that shot of Dean going up the stairs with a gun in his hands or whatever, like got used in an AMV and stuck in my head. So who knows? Mm-hmm. It's also a very common Dean shot. He's very often yes. framed that way. 
Um, as far as them having this house, it's a college. It's a college house, so it probably sucks. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, it does kind of. It looks sh- kind of shitty and old. Like the heating is probably horrible. It's probably drafty. The floorboards probably squeak. The the sink leaks. Like that's 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 what okay, I. Okay, sour grapes. I mean, it probably still. <sighs> what? I said okay, sour grapes. What? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? The 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 fable. I I know sort of, but I don't know what that has to do with anything. You're I'm being just saying... sour about this cool house. That's all. Oh, it's a cool house, but it, the, the 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 it's not unrealistic to me because I've seen yeah. the kind of like sure. College I just mean houses. normally normally college houses have like six people living in them. That is true. That is true. It's a, it's the fact that there's only two of them in here. I guess three once um Kate moves in, but shrug. Fair enough. Anyway, um, so the boys go in. Um, yeah. We discover that the music is diegetic when Dean kicks the iPad yes. out of its yeah, uh, this is docking the, station, this, which is fun. This is the arc song of this uh, episode, What's the Matter mm-hmm. by Milo Green, which is a good song. I liked it. it it's very like twenty ten, like early 2010s like indie pop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of down-tempo. Uh, uh, what's the what's the word when you like kind of echo your like a bit a bit of like reverbed? I guess it's reverb. It has this sort of like choral quality, like it's like distant from the microphone. I don't know. It's fine. It's a good song. I enjoyed listening to it. I do really like the way that the cold open ends with the um the video starts playing, right? It says yes. this should never have ended this way. Title card. Like that was yes. fun. I enjoyed yeah, it was that. Yeah, it's good. This was a well-made episode in many 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 ways. Mhm. Then the first scene with the boys is like very quickly establishes like okay, this one is the AV president and this one is eyeing yep. women. Yeah. Hey Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Lens cat, which is a cute way to start. Mhm. And then Brian's like, oh, these girls, hashtag fails. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so, did people say that in 2012? Was I just too young to know that people said hashtag fails? I believe it. It's just so funny to me. People said, I don't know about, people, yeah, I mean, people said both like fail and hashtag out loud in 2012. I don't know frequently back to back, but, um... I do think it's funny that they're doing like the people watching thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting. They're, they're so, being so very Michael... cringe and annoying in this cafe. Yes, it's mm-hmm. true. Um, Michael says, "In a world where nothing is what it seems, one brave, shockingly handsome, virile young man and his faithful, learning disabled robotic manservant." I'm like, wait a second, is Brian autistic? Is that what we're supposed to get out of this? And it's like that never comes up again. And also, Brian doesn't like. There's no. He's the one that pays attention in class. Yeah, I think it was just a jab for the sake of a jab. Yeah, I was like, I was annoyed. Because ableism is funny. Come on, more. Yeah. Because there is a sort of like implication. The uh, the way the reason why I thought they were brothers and also they were doing a Sam and Dean parallel is like these two are to give like kind of codependent vibes. Um, they're best. It seems it seems like they rely on each other a lot. Uh, but also, like, their relationship may have some stuff simmering underneath, which will come out and does. Mm-hmm. 
like Brian is the one who first spots Kate and then like shoves yeah. the camera off on Michael so that it won't look like he was the one doing it, even though literally she just saw you. Um, and so Michael's the one holding the camera when Kate approaches and she starts like mm-hmm. chatting him up about the camera, um, which turns into like... them flirting and then they get together, you know, like completely missing Brian. Yeah. Um, and then like later, uh, they're talking about the cameras and he's like, you know that he doesn't know anything. You know that Michael doesn't know anything about cameras, right? And she's like, yeah, but I'm teaching him. Which is cute. Is I will cute. be honest. When she first approached them, I was like, I hope she kills them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just yeah, it's like, so hard. Like, like they were like the... not harassing her, but like, you know, Oggling being weird. Creeps. Yeah. yeah. It is. They... It's an unsuccessful meet cute in a way that makes me not mind that they sort of skipped the fact that a relationship happens because I think the writing I think when they're in a relationship it works but also yeah, like exactly. it wasn't the the way that they met was like not great he like, does doesn't immediately seem, doesn't apologize at least he does he says he like does. dick move on my part I'm sorry and she says yeah. don't be so like at least he apologized for being a creep you know mm-hmm. yeah. It's that it's it's kind of that uh, image about like harassment versus flirting. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The one that's like call HR to the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, it works for him because he's cute. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. So yeah, I mean, they talk about the camera together like i said i i like she's like your settings are way off and he's like oh well i did that on purpose actually i like the colors I'm like oh whatever it's fine you probably don't care which is, again was like i feel like this guy's like a, a camera's autistic i get that vibe from him he's like starts talking about his special interest and then he's like no never mind. it's fine I don't, you don't probably don't care i could see it which like she does care and then they're later like info dumping to each other about movies in a way that's cute um, they do the like sad like we're gonna talk about wh- where we are in five years. Yeah. Michael makes fun of them both for being hippies because she cares about the environment and he wants to work. She's with gonna Michael be more. a lawyer, um, but not corporate, something green. And he wants to work mm-hmm. for HBO. And Michael's gonna be on a boat in the ocean. <laughs> Michael doesn't have a job aspiration. Yeah, he just wants to be on a boat. He wants Michael to be says, a boat "I do guy. not dream of labor." Bitch, bitch, me too. Which is fair. Um, I do think it's fun oh go ahead sorry go on I think it's fun that they that Brian like latches on to this Lord of the Flies thing yeah it's like extremely I don't know extremely something yeah exactly like he's he's taking his English class very seriously he's like I'm Uh just like Piggy for real Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) the self-aware narrative foils um, and like we get that established very neatly because the professor is saying about how like oh Piggy's rational he exhibits rational thought on the island and then like a little bit later um, Brian says something about like well isn't it good that the FBI is here which debatable but um, and Kate's like that's so annoyingly logical mm-hmm. so we get like that direct line in addition to Piggy being the nerdy one you know yeah it's mm-hmm. fun and also like there are a bunch of kids who kill each other so like the- exactly <laughs> Yeah. The 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 vibes are it's a it's a good uh uh paratext. It's a good pull for the uh. Mm-hmm. Is that the right text? I don't know. It's been so long since I've taken critical theory. 
Um, paratext is material associated no, with the distinct from the, the main body of a what's the text? what's the no. text um what's well, the one when it's like discussing work inside of work meta text maybe but that's sort of when the that's sort of when the work is referencing another work but is not like i don't know well metatextuality is a form i'm reading the wikipedia is a form of intertextual discourse in which one text makes critical commentary mm. on itself or another oh text. i guess it is the meta text then we often, I guess, in the modern parlance, use it when it's not, um, when it's like the work is sort of pointing outside of itself in a way that is not within the narrative, if that makes sense. Like, the mm -hmm. characters aren't talking about the story, but the story is talking about the story. Uh, yeah. But I guess it's still that, even if it's, like, directly, like, oh yeah, in, uh, in Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Piggy is a special little Vlorbo. Uh-huh. No, what's like the opposite of a Blorbo? What's a character that you wish you didn't relate to? Uh, enemy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's a word for that. Well, there should be. Um, anyway, they're like bullying Michael for sleeping in class. Kate's like, did you know Simon was a Christ figure? <laughs> Michael's like, yeah, no. Um, And then Michael's like, please tell me you taped it. And Brian goes, come on, who loves you? And Michael quotes broke back to him? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. He says, I wish I could quit you. What? Huh? Huh? Robbie Thompson? Hello? Yeah. Why did they do that? Mm. Anybody else getting a little bit of a gay vibe? <laughs> like, how? Getting some gay vibes here. That sure was a choice. Uh -huh. It's cute. They're just being like, silly. It doesn't mean anything. It's just like, yeah. I love when gay people show up on TV. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting that it, sh it showed up on Supernatural. Like, casual male friendship in a way that like you feel comfortable enough with each other to uh -huh. make jokes about being gay with each other uh-huh like that doesn't mm -hmm. that doesn't happen on supernatural that's classic bro shit yeah like this is this these characters are real characters they are not dean winchester who is like a a, a, uh -huh. a barbie doll who <laughs> has to be masculine 100 percent of the time it's He's just that's why it stands out to me is because it's like men being people in my mm -hmm. supernatural um so the the gang sees the dead body and um it's just like oh we're gonna film this for our film which is a bit weird yeah they're like is that legal yeah what would be illegal about this it's important but it's reasonable maybe. for like you know i mean it would be illegal to put it in a film that you're like producing officially because you didn't get permission from the people to film it but a corpse from the corpse's family <laughs> excuse me and mr shit. corpse yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, anyway, then the Impala shows up, and my notes say, LMAO, it's them. Yeah. It's them. They're like, Here they I, are. I like that they're like, look, Starskin, Scott, uh, Starskin Hutch, Rizzoli and Isles, and then they do, like, Rose and Hudson in a way that's a fun, like, one, two, three. Uh -huh. It's like, they do have funny names, because they always have funny names. Uh, they talk about the FBI being here, they do the, like, annoyingly logical. Uh, also, no, I do think, like, in terms of... Um, Brian having the crush whenever Kate and Michael um kiss, he like turns the camera away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good um implication cinematography. Yeah. That was not phrased the way I wanted it to be, but you get my point. <laughs> yeah. Cause we get the point of view, like we're seeing what the character's seeing directly. Mm-hmm. Um 
we get this sad scene of like Michael, uh, he plays the song for her and is like, recognize this. It's like, it's the song when we first met. And she's like, ah, oh, you, you sweetie. Um, but then immediately like, they're going to go film. And she's like, what? You're just going to play this and leave. And he's like, listen, he has nobody else to do this with. Like, I gotta, I gotta be there for my bro. Yeah. Uh, I like the way these two flirt. They do a lot of, um, uh, I don't know how to discreet, like playful insulting or like saying mm -hmm. things like when, when he's like, I'll be on a boat with, with my beautiful girl by my side. And then he's like, you could be there too. Uh, or mm -hmm. she's like, you're dead to me. Uh, yeah, in a way banter. that's like, feels real. Yeah. They're being mm -hmm. silly. Yeah. This is how I talk to Alex on the regular. Yeah, this is also how I talk to Charlie. <laughs> I'm sure they dish it back to you. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Brian and Michael are hanging out, and D Michael's like, do something cool, and Brian's like, I'm gonna go upside like, down in this tree. this tree, and he says, no, I they're said just cool. They're around. Like, they're just, it's they're great. just goofing. They're goofing. Is this they're cool? Because, man, it feels pretty cool. Just hanging upside down from the tree, like, filming upside down. Then they spot Sam and Dean, they go spy on them for Dean's a little spooky. bit. Nothing happens in the scene except that Michael's like, is it just me or are you getting a workplace romance vibe from those two? Yeah. It's, it's just because they're fighting. It's just because they're snippy with each other. Yeah. I'm not here we, for it. We went so long without like a, a, a gay yeah, it's been a a while. incest joke. Well, now and... Cass is in here to deflect. Yeah. It's true. It's true. They can't true. make any gay jokes about Cass. Uh, they film this asshole. What's his name? Scott. Yeah. Yeah. They film him making out and he does it bad and she leaves and they're like, ha. <laughs> um, yeah. He's like Scott... being really aggressive. Like it's it's bad. It's a bad show. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Scott yeah. is running after Brian. Um, and like the implication is that he's definitely gonna catch Brian because Brian is not the running type. Um and Michael yells oh, yes. yeah. uh, to divert him. And ideologically I am opposed to the joke here because I don't believe in deriding sex work or in enshrining the sanctity of the family, but it's a really good your mom joke. It is a it's good your true. mom joke. It's, it is. It's a good I mean it's a good thing to yell at someone to make them mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> he says uh, hey, Brian, meet me at Scott's mom's place. And Scott turns around and starts going yeah. after and he goes, come on, man, I paid her fair and square. <laughs> oh, it's real good. <laughs> the transcript describes such... the second line to Scott, which doesn't even make any sense. Oh, weird. You guys are wrong here. That's Michael. Anyway. Michael has such bro vibes. He's yeah. such a bro. If he weren't as much of an asshole, he would be a Corey character. Yeah. He would be a himbo, you mean. If he, yeah, if he were nicer I don't think and just he's a an, little bit stupid. Yeah. Just a yeah. little bit. Yeah, he's not a himbo. I don't think he's an asshole. He's like, he's a man, he's a, you know? Like he's, Yeah, he's, he's a <laughs> typical college-age man. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, he's a nice guy at heart. He says some problematic stuff sometimes. And then he gets attacked by a werewolf. Uh, this scene yeah. is, like, scary in a way that I liked. Mm -hmm. He's, like, filming himself with the night vision. Oh, I love it when um, characters and... themselves, film themselves with night vision and then get attacked. Yeah, and it's just like him <laughs> running and like static and stuff. And it's like there's a brief glimpse of like something in the bushes. Like you see uh -huh. eyes for a moment yeah, in a way that's like actually eyes. scary. Oh, it's yeah. so good. And it's like this is not one of the boys, which means he's in actual danger in a way that like lends tension to the scene. It's like, yeah, 
Oh no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see like a wolf head for like a second, and I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Oh, I need to watch the Blair Witch yeah. Project because that's like oh, the man. major touchstone for all uh-huh. found footage. Movies. I don't know if I'm bold enough. I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> really? Is it that scary? It comes to... I've heard it's very scary. Huh. Okay, well, now I definitely want to watch it. <laughs> um, and yeah, they, they, they drag him back. They see the bite. Um, Kate is like so scared and is like, oh, what's wrong? Like, she's like, oh my God. Um, but then like the wounds closed and she's like, are you guys punking me? I cut to the hospital. It's like, oh, he's fine in a way that's like, they're both like, we saw this. Like, what is happening? Um, I like that. And then Michael rips the door off and like, he does this comical little double take. It's so good. It's really funny. That's giving him the vibes a little bit. It's like, oh, what? (laughs) What, It's 12 minutes in if anyone wants to check what that little startle looks like. It's really funny. I mean, imagine if you opened a door and it fell off in your hands. It's really funny. Um, and then so then the they next start dicking scene, around. Yeah, it's like him holding Kate up, and she's like, like laugh screaming. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Yeah. And then they're doing research. They're like, "What bit you?" And I was like, "Is are you a superhero now?" <laughs> it's cute. And of course, this is where Brian's like, "I'm filming your origin story." Uh, we also get the like, um, his camera setup thing. Like he's going around the house. Um, finding mm-hmm. good spots to shoot from in a more like naturalistic way, which uh, I do like and like is is a good excuse for some of the shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next scene is like nothing super heroic here, just a delicious bagel. Bagels are so super true. heroic. Mm-hmm. They are. Put some respect on that bagel's name, Michael. Uh, I think this is where he's like, "I want you to bite me too." Mm-hmm. He doesn't say I want you to bite me. He says I want you to take me, me right, over right. there so that the, right, right. We could get that thing to bite me, yeah. Which is a pretty <laughs> crazy thing to say. And yeah, this is where Bella he says Swan I don't want to be a piggy anymore. And Michael does not get it. He's like, "You're not a pig, man." <laughs> He's trying. He's trying. He's getting mm-hmm. the gist. This is where we get first get like the real like kind of bad vibes from Brian, where he talks about wanting to get ass. Yeah. It's like, that's not very respectful, man. Um, then Simon Dean show up, and so they yep. hide their giant fucking bong. The return <laughs> yeah, of Moby Dick's bong. It's really funny. Return of the... Yeah, they and they don't actually, bong. like, because Brian opens the door and they don't come in, Michael and Kate are just standing there, and Michael's just holding the bong, like, out of sight of the Winchesters. It's so funny. Yeah. I think and he I guess, ran like... out of the room with it. Like, he... Yeah put it down somewhere but then he comes back yeah. with it man standing emoji bong emoji <laughs> he's just like there's a weird the one of the shots here is like outside like them being filmed and it it looks like by hand which of them like snuck around is it kate i think it's there's a it's window. The window yeah there's oh, it's a the, window the window, window. Is at an angle i thought that was a door. railing okay so kate's filming them through the window i guess mm-hmm. yeah it says exactly that sentence in this transcript. <laughs> okay, all right. Anyway, Sam and Dean are like, "Huh? Do you know have any information for us?" And Sam goes, "Heard about anyone in the neighborhood getting a getting bit?" Weird pause, and then he goes, "Humor me," because like that was a weird thing to say, and also the pause is there for a different reason. Brian's uh-huh. like, "No, nobody got bit. That would be so crazy." Mm. Um, I like that. 
they overhear the like Maya God thing or Mayan God as the show says and Mike's Michael's reaction is like I'm a golden god and he poses with the bong <laughs> it's so good goofing Ooh. around uh but then of course the next scene is him realizing he's a werewolf is like we get like a scary like crunching noise mm-hmm. in a way that's this like some good very body good. horror like they put werewolf, the cgi like... budget here yeah mm-hmm. it looks sick and his like and kind like of that deep he's like werewolf very voice hungry. like he has like five takeout containers all over the table yeah god my tummy hurt just watching that <laughs> and then he goes out for more god and then he goes to eat a person <laughs> Yeah, well, to be fair, the person wasn't That's not what he went for. And yeah, this guy's literally a vigilante sexist, so, like, maybe he deserved to get it in. I do love that, like, the boys are posing with their stupid, like, we got a cricket bat, a baseball bat. He's, like, naming the crow. He's like, any local honeys need help? Yeah. They're lame as hell. It's very dumb. Yeah, and then Scott's all like, why don't you come take your beating like a man? I'm gonna go visit your little piece. Gross. Yeah. Show her what a real man is. Yeah. I think this guy deserved to get eaten. Yeah, if there's someone to eat, it's this guy. Yeah, exactly. It's a fun little perfect circle because Michael got attacked while he was running from Scott, and now Scott is running from Michael. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's like poetry. It rhymes. And then we get this great scene of, like, uh, uh, Brian's interviewing Kate, like, documentary style for his movie, uh, and she's being shot that way of, like, kind of a close-up, like, shoulder head shot, uh, and she's like, to be honest, it's kind of hot, actually, uh, which is fair, werewolves are hot, um, mm-hmm. except for when they show up in your doorway covered in blood. <laughs> yes, which, which Michael does do. It's Only if scary. you're a coward. Yeah, Man and it's really good, because, like, like he's... Sh- yeah, he's shooting her in, like, good light. Like, it's, like, shining on her. She's all, like, gold. Uh, and then, like, he's standing in the dark. So the mm-hmm. tone shifts dramatically when it, like, just shifts to the, like, dark corner that he's standing in. And, like, the blood's, like, really, like, red-black looking. It's good. It's well shot. Yeah. It looks and he's in the shower. He's like, yeah, I think I killed somebody. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? <laughs> Yeah. Turn it I off. Love that you just Turn that camera it. off. Our enemy has just died in a, yeah. <laughs> in a werewolf park accident. Uh huh. <laughs> Honestly, the more I think about it, like he's giving himbo a little bit when he's like, "I think I killed somebody." Like he doesn't even bother trying to hide it in a way that's very funny to me. He's in shock. Like often he's in this type of story, not having like, a good time. Yeah. Often in this type of story, the character would hide it or like. Like I don't know what happened or whatever. He's like, no. He's just like, no. I killed him. He's in I shock. Somebody, he doesn't even like have the processing power to think about lying yeah. or trying to hide or whatever. He just like comes home, stands there, and goes, um, yeah. Mom, I yeah. threw up. <laughs> Poor Michael. Um, and then they like book it to the scene of the crime to film it. Dean hates like... cops again. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. The detective is like, figured I'd see you guys again, and Dean's like, if you did your job right, we wouldn't be here. (laughs) Hell yeah. They they rush home. Such like Brooklyn vibes. Like Uh the way he talks is just very New York. Yeah. Um and then they rush home and Brian's like, Did you eat a human heart? (laughs) Did you eat a human heart? (laughs) It's so funny. Kate tries to defend him. So you're like, that doesn't mean necessarily that he did it. Which is so funny. Ma'am. 
He came home with blood all over his face. I don't know what else he wanted to It say. was self-defense. He's like, eating a heart is self-defense? That'll hold up in court, for sure. Uh, this is what I was going to say last time about, like, uh, uh, discovering that you're dating, like, a monster in real time. Which, like, I like the denial of, like, she knows him, she knows he's a nice guy, she loves him. She's like, well, he can't just have done that, like, there's gotta be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then after he, like, shoves uh, Brian across the room, um, we see Michael, yeah. like, curled up in Kate's lap, and he's like, I don't know what's happening to me, I don't know who I am anymore, and she's, like, reassuring yeah. him. It's really sad, and Brian's um, just, like, filming them in the other room. Speaking of Brian, I want to shout out the stunt here. It looks really good. Yeah. Um, Like, you're going to eat my heart, too. And he punches him, and he goes flying and, like, lands on the table. And then the table falls over, and, like, he kind of smashes into the cupboards. It's rough. It's really, it's, it's a, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really sell that punch. Actually, all of the actors in, the, these three actors are great. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. It's like, this is just, like, a good short film. Like, these actors are great. It's, like, well shot. The stunts are good. The, like, effects, like, how, like, the few that are there with, like, the werewolf head and, like, the teeth and the claws and stuff. Like, everything looks good. This, Mm -hmm. like, if you showed me this as, like, a low-budget, like, indie horror drama story, I'd be like, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the shot of Brian filming them in, like, you see him in the mirror looking all sad and distant is really good. Mm-hmm. so then brian talks to kate and he's like you he's not good for you she's, she's all like he didn't mean to hurt you obviously he did um this is where she says you don't get it you've never been in love and then he puts down the camera yeah yeah she's like you don't get it miss thing you have way too much confidence in this guy not developing a crush on you she she walks around in like a shirt uh-huh and i'm like Okay, you you trust that guy, sure. Uh-huh. Which is fine. It's not like you can't, but it's very obvious that he has a crush on her. Yeah. And she is just like real confident that like there's not going to be any issue because of it. He's he's just he's this around. This is the he scene where here. I he's thought that guy. Brian was going to end up kissing her. Hmm. Uh, I like this next thing where they're interviewing this um Corner. This cop, and it's like the was like the biggest animal in the county is a raccoon. <laughs> Dean's like, you can put an APB out on a Rocky Raccoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, like nothing happens in this Dean and Sam scene except Dean is like, oh, it's uh, they mentioned that it's not the right time of the month for a normal werewolf. Um, and Dean's like, time mm-hmm. to hit the books and feed the monster. Pats his stomach. What a loser. He's so lame. Uh-huh. I mean, the thing that happens in the scene is Kate's like. These guys are monster hunters. Like yeah. I think it's later. She's like, I don't think they're FBI agents. No. Yeah, yeah. They jokingly ask Michael if he's an X File. Yes. Like it's very clear. Well, that's not, that's like, a little bit earlier, earlier, but yeah, before they knew that he was a werewolf, they thought he was bitten by an alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Brian hacks them into the um, the restaurant footage. Yeah. Michael also he sits uses in there. the GPS in their phones to find them. Uh-huh. And yeah, he goes to establish Duh. that he has the hacking skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he hacks into the yeah. Then this is where Dean has his two burgers, Sam has a salad. Clear eyes and clogged arteries. Can't lose. He says I didn't eat at Big uh-huh. Peas for a year, which is big so peas. funny. We got we need a new Biggerson. 
I like that they also... Where's this other camera? Mm -hmm. Like, they've got a... Who, oh, is one of them inside? Michael is inside. Michael, right. Mike, I see Michael now in the security camera yeah. footage. He's got, like, a hood. Yeah, up. secretly recording them from inside of his backpack. Oh, yeah, and he, we see Whenever him it's look in at color, himself it's in the mirror. Us, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like... I like him glancing at himself in the mirror. That's fun. I also like that they just have, like, this huge dusty... Or, no, a pair of, like, huge dusty old tomes in this, like, niner. <laughs> Like yellowed pages. Oh, this is where they hear about animal hearts, which is, I guess, where Kate gives gets the idea. It's like, oh, she can live off of that. Mm -hmm. Sam refers to this as animal tickers. You guys can just use words. Like, that's okay. Um. Also, right, we get some backstory. <laughs> yes. Uh, we also get some backstory of the uh, professor. That is where they get the idea of, like, okay, it's someone who is here. Um, the next scene is where they talk about these guys, like, oh, I'm a werewolf, uh, this is where Kate's like, I don't think those are FBI guys, they don't say awesome yeah. that much. Yeah, silly. And then, of course, there's a little callback to that at the end, which yeah. is fun. Yes. Winces 2.0. Uh-huh. Um, um, Brian says they just sat and talked about how they've been apart for a year, you were probably right about the romance, Okay. Uh, Brian is rewatching the footage, and he sees the, like, little pin, like, badge thing, which the professor was wearing that he, like, zoomed away in on earlier during the lecture. Bit of a Chekhov's gun. Mm -hmm. um, Kate and Brian want to leave. Kate's like, we're getting out of here. Those guys might find... Or, sorry, Kate and Michael want to leave. Brian's like, what are you doing? Uh, Kate's like, those guys might come back. Uh, and this is where Brian's like, yeah, don't worry, I took care of it. Flashback to... Him talking to the professor. Talking this to scene is, is a wild. nice way to put it. Brian yeah. is like yeah. off the deep end here. He's like, okay, I found a werewolf and I desperately want to be a werewolf because I'm sick of being underestimated and whatever, powerless, whatever uh -huh. it is. And so he goes in and pulls a knife on the werewolf and goes like, hey, I know you're a werewolf. Bite me right this minute or I will put this yep. on CNN. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. It's like... He is, I, I love the, like, he's the, not the underdog, but what's the word? He's not as strong. He's in the worst position here, but mm -hmm. he has the camera and, like, the professor doesn't want to hurt him. So it's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, my notes for this scene are Brian, yeah, Jesus Christ. The vibes are rancid off of Brian by now. The vibes are really rancid. Yeah. Brian is like kind of manic. Yeah, in the backgrounds of this um, bookshelf, um, you can only make out some of the titles, but one of them is Saving Faith. I forgot the author's name. I didn't write that part down. Oh, um, I don't know. Saving Faith by David Baldacci, which is about like corruption and nice. blackmail. Oh, fun. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but it's like the most noticeable title. Uh huh. Probably then. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot there's of these also, are like the, uh, the like Americana in the background. Like, like there's just some big old books. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we basically the learned idea... that. Okay, probably we're about to say you the go. same thing. Um. The idea that the professor was like, "I'm gonna frame Michael for doing a murder that happened before he was a werewolf," mm -hmm. is silly. Like the, it relies on Sam and Dean being really bad at their jobs like it do they does he think that they're not going to talk to michael first 
Like, they're just going to wow. find him and kill him instantly, and then they'll be like, well, we got a werewolf. We're out of here. Like, huh? He wasn't turned yet. How could he have done yeah. it? So. Yeah. I mean, he's a professor, not a professional crime doer. So <laughs> it's guess. fine for me that he's not very good at this. Whatever. I do think it's really funny and petty that he targets the guy who, who sleeps falls in, asleep his in his class. That's hysterically yeah. funny. This guy should lose his license, not for the murder, but for the pettiness. It's like, who would miss him? Brian goes, me. And um, Brian's bestie. like, I'm sick of being piggy. I want to be Ralph. And the professor's like, we don't get to choose who we are. I did. Which is some good, like, I love that he's talking to his English professor about, like, the mm -hmm. the philosophy of the book that they're reading. While also he's threatening him at camera point to turn him into a werewolf. Like, uh -huh. it's, it's a really good mixture of, like, the, the high and the low, mm -hmm. the, like, weird and the normal. Like, it's almost, um, fuck, why can I never... The genre where, it, like, shit's really weird. Absurd. It's almost absurd. <laughs> that might not be the exact okay, word I'm looking okay. for, but it's the vibe. Yeah. Um, he gets some, like, what are you? Like, the, the, he shows them the footage, and uh, he's, like, all proud of himself, and they're both like, Brian, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I also like that the professor has a total meltdown. Um, and it's while he's having the meltdown and trying to take the camera mm -hmm. down that Sam and Dean show up, and we have, like, a, like, legit, very, like, good and cool fight, because it's, like, cutting only for the good moments, because the camera's kind of glitching out, um, and it's shot the in these, like... Yeah, in these, like, tableaus where, like, they throw him across the table. He gets up and starts wolfing out. He throws Dean into the books. Sam and him duel. He's, like, choking Sam out, and then Dean shoots him. Like, you can follow the action really well. It's very clear. It's pretty brutal. It's, like, a good fight. Mm -hmm. As he's dying because he just got shot, mm -hmm. he says thank you. Yeah. Werewolves are so sad, guys. Mm. Werewolves are so sad. I like that the show if continues to make werewolves be really sad. Made me sad about a werewolf. I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Mm -hmm. Unless you count being sad about multiple werewolves, because everyone you could be sad about everyone in That's this episode because everyone turns into a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> There's a brief side note. Speaking of college werewolves. Um, I think it's, like, the third Dresden Files book is about werewolves, um, and it's, like, Harry just becomes bros with a bunch of werewolves, who he also plays Dungeons and Dragons oh. with, like, bi-weekly. It's great. Okay. It's just, like, a werewolf pack who are also, like, each other's D&D &D group. <laughs> and, like, they're chill. Like, they're just, I, I don't know. I feel like... I like urban fantasy more when it lets people be, like, monsters, quote-unquote, without that being inherently, like, evil and destructive. I like when you can be friends with a funny yeah. werewolf who helps you. Like, Supernatural is so afraid of the supernatural in a way that a mm -hmm. lot of other urban fantasy stories aren't. It doesn't trust its audience enough. Well, it doesn't trust- I mean, it doesn't- it's too stuck on what its theme is, which is the, like, mm -hmm. post-9-11, like, fear of the, like, enemy that could be anywhere around you. Like, they can't leave that track. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, speaking of being, uh, being unable to go off the track, uh, now that Brian's a werewolf, he is fully Jokerified. He's like, I'm done living in your shadow. Like, you're welcome for saving your ass. Um, now we're equals. 
And then this is where the fight starts. I think, like, Kate, just like you asked you to bite him, like, Kate intervenes. Um, he's like, I think Brian says something about taking care of her. Yeah, it's like, you don't need Michael, you need someone who can take care of you. She's like, I can take care of myself. And then he grabs her, and Mike's like, let her go. And he's like, what, are you going to cry some more? And then... Yeah, Brian has become Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He he has. And, like, it's so sad because, like, I can see them having this fight when they're not monsters, and it, like going bad still like them hurting each other but it's the fact that they're werewolves now that like they can't stop and they take it too far mm-hmm. like this could have been a fight that they came back from like this is stuff like interpersonal stuff that has been brewing for a while beneath the surface which is what i said earlier about like their tragic flaws uh particularly brian's um and then it's like, it happens, it boils over in just the wrong spot after they become werewolf monsters and, like, accidentally... And Brian just so happens yeah. to have the silver knife. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he gets up with a knife, I forgot. Yeah, because he had or the knife from going to threaten Ludensky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Kate's just, like, on his body being like, please don't die. And he says, I love you, and then dies. Yeah... And then she goes for Brian and just starts, like, trying to kill him with a knife. Yeah. And he's like, you'll understand. Like, just let me bite you. You'll understand. He does say I love you also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is where he says I love you. This is the great, like, confession uh, while trying to, like, hurt her thing. Like, the horror of somebody who won't get that you don't want that. Yeah. Which, speaking of horror... He like teleports. He here literally in a way teleports. That I, I don't <laughs> quite understand. Teleport. It's scary. Like, but it doesn't really make sense. It's I don't know. It worked probably for me just of, super like, speed, like the camera would miss it or something. But like, it's silly. yeah, yeah. That's but what it's I like really super speed. They were trying zooming. to communicate, but it yeah, it was it did not make very much. Like sense. he was sitting down on the floor, and she goes for yeah. the doorway, and, and he's in the doorway runs, in front of her. Yeah. Which, like, maybe there's another way into the kitchen. Like, he went around the other side. Uh, yeah, because but... their bedroom is... is it like, doesn't matter. The, it happens, corner. like, a couple of times where he's Well, the thing is, yeah, it happens again. The thing that works less is it happens again when she turns around and runs back. Uh, and then we get a cut to him being center frame somehow in the direction that she's running in, and she runs right into him. That's the one that didn't make sense. That's the one where it's like, yeah. okay, there's no way he could have gotten... He literally teleported behind her. Nothing personnel, kid. <laughs> but, like, in the moment it works. Because in the moment it, it is, is scary. scary. Like, I like, jumped when it happened because I really yeah, wanted yeah. her to get away. Yeah. Because what I thought was going to happen is, like, um, uh, uh, Michael died. So I was like, okay, that's one of the bodies, which means one of these two is getting out of it. And you're hoping it's Kate. Like, I thought she was going to kill him. Uh, but then when he grabbed her, I was like, oh, no. Uh, but then he doesn't kill her, he turns her, and yeah, she locks herself in the bathroom. Uh, and we get her looking into the broken mirror that Michael broke earlier when he first turned into a werewolf, which is good. Um, her bite disappearing looks really good. Mm-hmm. And then we see her go through every stage of grief at once. <laughs> yeah, she gets a little bit jokerified too, as yeah, the werewolf is in. Yeah, she tears the crap out of the bathroom, and then it's just like... Okay. She like goes extremely calm after that. Yeah. Looks in the mirror, smiles, 
and is like, okay, Brian, I see it now. I get it. Yeah. She gives and him she the camera him. and then she, she wolfs out. She fucking gets him. She fucking yeah. gets him. Yeah. Yeah, we have this, like, it's really sad, too, because we have this, like, close-up shot of his face, and he's smiling so genuinely in a way that, like, they didn't need to do the, like, I, I guess, like, Kate's editorial decision to, like, hey, remember when we were just just kids fooling around? It was unnecessary because it's displayed here through his smile, um, through the other times that we've seen the camera, like, close-up on him. Yeah, like, she like, did smiles, a dead like, girl montage for herself. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. It is funny that she did it. I'm not mad about it, but it, like, wasn't necessary. Like, this scene of them smiling at each other is good enough for me. And then, yeah, like, while he's looking at her and she's smiling at the camera, she wolfs out and just blood is everywhere. She has another, like, sad cry over Michael and then just edits this video. Yeah, she just sits down to do some video editing. It's wild. (laughs) Like, this would have taken her so long, she would have had to go get that footage from the cameras. Like, it doesn't really make sense. I think Brian's already but been working on it. Like, it's partly edited. Oh, yeah, okay. She said she okay, finished fine. the movie. Like, she didn't put the whole thing together. That's true, I guess. Still, though. Yeah. I really like the so, line, she wanted us to know, us. she wanted you to know, you know, um, that Michael wasn't always a monster. None of us were. That's, you know, it's it's cheesy, but it did get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of us were. They were just kids. Yeah. They were just fucking kids. And it's like, it's true. Which is why I like this episode so much. It's like, this is what happens when monsters enter a normal person's life and like ruins it for them and turns them into it. Mm-hmm. And we get the shot of the boys just like digesting this and like having emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, geez. That's rough, buddy. I think it's fascinating that she just immediately buys into the ontological reality of Supernatural, which is that she's never hurt anyone human. Those were her best friends. She's, like, speaking to hunters, though. Yeah. I think her... But it's fascinating to me that immediately the click is like, okay, well, that was a werewolf I killed, not my friend Brian. Yeah. I think the thing about it was is less that he was a werewolf and more that he had... He had ceased acting... Humanely. He became Not a monster. Not because he was a werewolf. Yeah, he was. He. I he, think it was because he was a werewolf. Like I think that is what the show believes. That's what probably she what believes. the show wants you to think. But like I think, like she means she hasn't like gone out to hurt anybody. She didn't like. Yeah. You know. You know. This was a self defense situation, yeah. etc. I mean, yeah, but she the word she says is like, nobody human. Yeah. Yeah. It is a little like. I mean, she literally smiles at the camera when she says it. It is a little like, ah, it's supernatural. Yeah. But it's fine. And then, yeah, yeah, the boys, like, talk about the case. They're like, well, she's right. She didn't, and Dean's like, yeah, she didn't choose it. Let's give her a shot. Yeah. Well, Sam says mm-hmm. she had, Sam repeats the part about not hurting anybody human, and Dean repeats that she yeah. didn't choose this part. Yeah. Um. This is where the credits, this scene, as we're back in the current present moment, is where the intro credits resume playing, which was very yeah. satisfying. Because the whole thing we watched was the cold open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. It was fun. Although I did wonder at the start if I had just missed it and I had to go look up the author, the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it was worth it. It was fun. Um, and then Dean puts the music back on the speaker as we see Kate like walking off into the sunset in a way that I liked. It's like, an yeah. end to this little film. 
It was nice mm-hmm. of him to put the music back on. Uh huh. It's like his little tribute to them. Yeah. Dean's mm-hmm. takeaways. Do I really say awesome a lot? <laughs> so I'm like, yes. No, no, no. Um, I also really like this idea that this season he's letting a monster go as long as they don't hurt anybody. Um, who else is a monster that Dean is letting go as long as they don't hurt anybody? Hmm. hmm. Like they don't say Benny. He doesn't say Benny. We don't even like get an explicit shot of him thinking about Benny or anything. But like, he's haunting this episode to me. Yeah, and and yeah. Sam is surprised when Dean agrees to let Kate go. Um, yeah, because this is not how Dean. This isn't how Dean. You know, yeah. treated Amy. This is how he treated the kid, but not her. You know, this is not like Dean's normal programming. And so, and of course, Sam, who doesn't know about Benny, is like, "Who are you? And what have you done with my brother? Are you haunted? Are you fucking possessed? Are you fucking possessed?" You used to be my brother. We so we think that uh the reason why Dean wants to give her a chance is because of Benny because that's fun. I do. Yeah, that's what I think. Like currently, right I'm now, he is aware of a that. vampire that he has let out into the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he knows that Benny's not so bad. So maybe Kate will yeah. also be fine. Which is really fun to me because it implies that all Dean really needs is context. Uh-huh. Like, he can tell himself that he's hunting monsters and, like, oh, they're bad, so he's got to kill them. But if he knows them personally, which, like, he didn't know Kate personally, but, like, parasocially, <laughs> he watched he watched her. He knows her the same way we do. Yeah. Um, and we care about her. She's so Borbo from like his laptop her, her film, like, was effective in terms of, like, for the boys in the same way it was for us in terms of making us empathize and feel sorry for these characters. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's like she made a successful movie, and it's what saves her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for Dean, um, he specifically cuts off his ability to empathize with monsters, and, like, it's just, it's just natural to him now, because mm-hmm. he was, like, hardwired to you know ignore any yeah he was raised with this ideology like yeah any type of humanity that might exist in these people um but now like being like forced to kind of um unlearn some of that stuff and and being on monster boyfriend number three (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah and he can't like he can't bring himself to do that sort of shit to people he cares about like period no matter what and so he's had to grapple with that and i think it's kind of created a stalemate in his brain of like this is the exception to the rule um and he's just kind of like subconscious about it like he he wouldn't recognize that change but if you point and if you pointed it it. out to him he would be like no it's different um but he's got mental illness so Mm -hmm. i don't know if that made any sense at all but it's the cognitive Mm. cognitive dissonance in it yeah, yeah. He's got the cognitive dissonance. Yep. All right. Well, yeah, that's the episode. That's, this is a good one. This yeah. is going down. Mm-hmm. Real mixed list this week. Yep. Yeah. It was a soothing bomb to how bad the previous one was. Yep. Um, Brian was played by Leigh Parker, who was also Rick in Wild, Randall in The Funhouse Massacre, and Ed in uh, The Open House. Uh, he's Australian, which uh, he's doing a good job not sounding Australian. Uh, Professor Ludensky was played by David James Lewis, who was Kevin Kitchum in Hope Island, Stu in John Doe, Rich in White Collar Poet, Agent Weedle in Dirk Gently, 
Mitchell in Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, Lawrence Hartley in Unspeakable, Lance in Morning Show Mysteries, and he's been like extras and minor characters and stuff in loads of movies that I couldn't be bothered to go through. This guy's like 250. He has like over 250 acting credits. Wow. Um, and Michael was played by Brandon W. Jones, who was also Andrew Campbell in Pretty Little Liars. And uh, we're done. Yep. Okay. Next week. Next Thank week you is... for listening. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Next week we're talking about. <laughs> Next week we're talking about Blood Brother, which is a Benny episode, and Southern Comfort, which is a Garth episode. Garth. We love to see it. We love we're to have see such it. a we good time. I hope. love to see it. Oh, next week. Okay, hold on. Blood Brother is a Ben Edlund episode, and Southern Comfort is Adam oh. Glass. So we're gonna be living it up. Ooh. Let me. I'm gonna read the Wikipedia page because I'm pretty sure I know Blood Brother. I've heard of Blood Brother. It's it's a one of the Benny episodes, so I I know yeah, its name. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of those. It's like Blood Brother and Taxi Driver, <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. Do I know what happens in them? No. All right. Well, look forward to that. Um, until next time, we're gonna be walking off into the sunset. Yay, we survived. Uh, I think we could get away with playing that song at for our outro music instead of the I don't, regular I one. Don't, I don't think so. I don't think we should do that. <laughs> but but you can all play it in your hearts and imagine it. Uh-huh. I guess technically it should be. There's three of us, there's three of them. Two of us should have killed each other, and one of us is walking away to the sunset. <laughs> but I'm going to let us all have the happy ending. Uh-huh. Life's hard enough okay. as it is. on freemusicarchive.org licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license find the link in the episode description <laughs>